0: Welcome to the Spirit Restored podcast. This is where the curiosities of spiritualism meet the belief systems of members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This podcast is only for those with an open mind. Join Ken Adams on his quest to find higher planes of spiritual experience. Welcome. Today, I'm so pumped because we're going to start talking about quantum physics and how quantum physics is the science of miracles. And actually, before I get into that, I have a few stories that I think are going to highlight this very well. So I remember when I was in grad school and I was having a debate with the classroom. The whole classroom was in a debate and it was about how we perceive reality in it. And when we do research, are we participants in the research or are we simply observers? Basically, the theory is there's actually two theories. One theory is that you can watch an experiment and you're simply an observer and you don't change anything about the experiment while you're watching. So, whatever's happening in the experiment is going on its own and you can rely on the experiment to be reliable for you. The other theory is that it's impossible to just be an observer. And actually, we are all participants in research. Whenever we are observing something, we're actually altering it. That's the other theory in research. And most of my class aligned with one of these theories. And it kind of reminds me as well, I don't know if anybody's ever had this question. I think a lot of people have had this question. They, You walk around and you start to realize that what you're seeing with your eyes might not be perceived as the same, in the same way as someone else is seeing, especially when you hear about colorblind people, right? And for me, my eyesight is not very good. So I know for sure that other people are seeing things more clearly than I am, but when it comes to colors, right? And you see something red like a stop sign and we say that's red and we tell our kids that's red and we grow up learning that's red. But what if actually what you saw the stop sign was as red was actually blue to someone else, but they called it red because they were taught that that was red? I don't know if you've ever had this conversation with yourself before, right? You start to understand that how much of reality is reality or is it just subjective? Do we actually know what red looks like or is it a different color to someone else? And one time when I was working at a grocery store, when I was a teenager and just, I I have so many of these experiences, which I'm sure you do of when you're not sure if reality is reality. And I'm walking by this elderly lady that worked at the grocery store as well. And inside my mind, I felt help her walk. She's gonna fall. And as I'm walking down, walking down this, it was actually in the back room of the store and there were some boxes and stuff like that. And it was an elderly lady. And I was like, she looks like she's walking just fine. Like, why would I need to help her at all? Why would I need to step out of my way and help her? And I'm thinking, first of all, like, am I crazy for even thinking this thought? Like, how could I even know anything about the future, right? Like. What makes me a psychic, you know? Like, I'm not a psychic, I'm just a teenager that's working at Albertsons, frying chicken, you know? And all these interesting events just happen all the time. In fact, one time my sister, she was playing on our couch at our house. And it was really, uh, we were having a fun time and everything. And she's younger than me by like six years. So she's younger doing somersaults and flips. And I was babysitting, I was taking care of them. I wasn't a great babysitter, but I was at least there. And she did a somersault and she hurt her wrist. And I looked at her wrist and I'm like, that doesn't look good because it started turning white instead of like the regular red coloration, which to me said, it's probably broken is what I thought. And to anybody who to this, you know, you're healthy, so are your kids. And my dad got home and I told him everything that happened and he gave her a blessing. And it's really cool what happened. It reminds me of actually my bishop who right now in my ward in Wallsburg, he, he was in an accident recently. He likes to work on motors. He works on cars. He works on all kinds of uh, foreign vehicles that are old. And it's his hobby. He doesn't need to do it for money. He has plenty of money. It's just his hobby. He likes to do it. Well, recently I was at church and I saw his finger all bandaged up and it, it was bandaged for weeks, it seemed like, and I didn't ever find out really what it was. Cause I'm not the person to ask, you know, Hey, what's wrong with your finger? You know, I, I just let people share when they share. And he shared with me is he was working on a, a motor and his finger got stuck in some spokes. And it basically ripped his finger off. And he showed me pictures. It's disgusting. Really gross. But he had it all bandaged up. And s- some stuff happened, he said, where his finger, you know, it's, it's sewed together. And, and he, he was going to tell me about what happened and, and what's been going on since then. I really think, like, where I'm getting with these stories, right, is reality what it seems? Do you actually know what reality is? Why do things like this happen when it comes to seem to be so contrary to what we believe reality is? Why, why is it that people have these psychic moments or they see healings or among other things, right? And the, the deal is that we have a very limited scope of how we actually measure reality it's very hard for us as humans actually to measure reality because a couple things one thing is we are only able to see visible light and visible light is a fraction of the light that we're aware of and the light that we're aware of scientists say is a minute fraction of how much light is actually there and how much can actually be observed so we're privy to a very small bit of information visibly with our eyes and so it makes you think of you know when christ talks about people that want to see miracles before they believe it's very foolish because we can only see a tiny bit of things anyway there's very little that we can actually perceive with our eyes the other thing that's very interesting is that we perceive with our minds through our five senses and so your perception of reality is based on what you hear what you see what you taste what you smell and what you feel and that's that's all you have to tell you so the interesting question though is when you hear something when you hear a sound is it your ears that heard it or is it your mind that hears it when you see something is it your eyes that see or is it your mind that sees when you touch something is it your hand that feels or is it your mind that feels same with taste and smell and the answer is it's it's your mind it's your mind that perceives everything for you so it interprets the data that comes in through your five senses and that interpretation then goes into your mind and helps you perceive what reality is in all possibility this whole existence could be ones and zeros like in the matrix and we're just experiencing the ones and zeros and the mind is just simulating what that is and telling us what that equation is. That, that is pretty close to what scientists might be saying reality actually is, which makes you start thinking, you know, is this a test or whatever, right? And another interesting thing on an atomic level, which I'm going to talk about very soon, atoms actually never touch each other. There's actually never any contact between atoms. So when I hear people saying like, oh, I hope one day to levitate, I tell them you already can levitate. It's just on an atomic level. There's some point there where none of your atoms are actually touching each other. They, there's actually a space just like the famous experiment of, you know, the question. that's like if you shoot an arrow, at what point does it make impact? And the answer is it never does and never makes impact. And I'll get into why that is. And so what if the miraculous actually is the reality and we've been duped by Newtonian physics and education in general and duped by our five senses? What if the real reality is actually the miraculous? What if that's actually reality? And then once it's so miraculous and we learn that that's reality, then we're free from this life. So, Even before the time of Jesus Christ, humans have been grappling with this question. They've been wanting to figure out what reality actually is. And these people, they were called alchemists. And these alchemists, they would do stuff like take lead and try and melt it down and turn it into gold through certain processes. So they were trying to take certain elements and change them into different elements. And a lot of their efforts were futile. Um, The ones, though, that were starting to have success were the ones that were mental alchemists. These are the ones that started to realize that reality isn't what it seems. And so they started doing things that look like faith and having actual miracles happen. And Jesus Christ himself, I mean, if you think about it, have you ever wondered why Jesus seemed to have lived a totally different reality than you? Have you ever wondered why it was so easy for him to say, you know, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you can move that mountain? Or he could walk on water, or he could change water to wine, or he could heal the sick and heal the blind, make the blind to see. Have you ever wondered why his reality is so much different than yours? Maybe some of you, your reality is that. But generally, the people I know, they, they live a different reality than Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ was showing us miracles, and maybe that is reality, what he was showing us, but we are refusing to take part of it because we've been duped. And so Jesus Christ could be seen by alchemists, alchemists that study this, especially mental alchemy, as the ultimate alchemist, which he's not an alchemist, he's the son of God. But that's, that's how he could be viewed, right? As someone that could make miracles can turn water to wine right that's like alchemy or walk on water right changing the properties of atoms and molecules well the book jesus the christ which was written by james e talmadge it talks about jesus christ turning water to wine and james e Talmage mentions he says right now we don't really know or understand the miracles of jesus christ we don't really have a science for it and we can't really explain what happened And James E. Tomlidge went on to say, but one day I think we're gonna know the science. We're gonna know the science behind that. And so lucky for all of us, I think that day is happening. I think we're starting to understand how all those things happened with Jesus Christ, how it can actually be a science. And that science is quantum physics. As we learn more about it, as we learn more about the atomic structure, which by the way, quantum physics is the study of atoms and subatomic particles. So that study of the subatomic particles are the quanta. That's quanta, they're packets of energy. And so these packets of energy is what's being studied. And there's a lot of differences in how quanta experience reality compared to how we experience reality. And so when you think of quantum physics, Think of it this way what we see on a macro level in a big way that's what we've defined as reality and what you see on a micro level with atoms and electrons and smaller particles in that they behave quite differently very very differently to what we see in reality and so to understand quantum physics you need to understand a few important experiments one is called the double slit experiment and this double slit experiment is when they shot electrons through two slits, and they wanted to see how the electron behaved. And they shot it through these two slits. And normally, if you shoot, let's say, paintballs through two slits, you're gonna see like two columns that show up right there. But what happened with the electrons when they shot it through? It actually created many columns, which signified that the electrons were actually functioning like a wave instead of a particle. So, the interesting thing that happened though, when they turned on cameras to observe these uh, electrons being shot, it actually formed two columns. And so as soon as it was observed and measured, it changed from a wave-like property to a particle-like property. And so this is the duality of electrons. They're both particles and a wave. So a photon of light is both a particle and a wave. And this is very important for quantum physics, because as soon as you observe something, it solidifies. Without measuring or observing it, it's random, it's a wave. It can be many probabilities, several possibilities. And so as soon as you focus on it and you observe it, it actually solidifies. So that's one thing to understand about quanta, how they behave, is that until measured, they're a wave. Once they're measured, they become a particle. They become reality. Another important concept to understand is called quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement basically says when two particles interact with each other, no matter how far away they are, they could be on the other side of the universe. When exposed to the same kind of conditions, they will behave identically. And so if there's massive amount of heat on one particle on you know, and actually they did an experiment that was 14 miles apart. They separated these particles after they collided and they created similar environments and they saw how these particles behaved identically 14 miles apart. And so once these, these particles interacted, these, uh, structures on an atomic level, they interacted once they were separated, then they still had similar properties separated finally. And and by the way, that's important because one atom could be on one side of the universe and let's say light is a package that contains information, right? And another atom is on the other part of the universe and let's say that could also contain information. Triggering one atom on one side of the universe could trigger a release of information on the other side of the universe. So you could receive knowledge instantaneously through a quantum effect. And this is pretty miraculous. This is pretty cool. So, Then finally, another experiment that was done by the Air Force was measuring the quantum field. So the quantum field is this theory that there is no such thing as empty space. So we can see between our planet and the next planet, there's all this black, right? So they've actually sent out a satellite called Chandra, C-H-A-N-D-R-A. That goes into outer space and takes X ray photos of deep space. And it finds out through the X ray, there's actually a whole web of energy in between everything. There's no missing space. Actually, every space in the whole universe is filled with this web of energy. And this, and even one of the astronauts, Ed Mitchell, when he was going to the moon and he went to the other side of the moon, he performed an experiment an ESP experiment where he thought of what cards this person in the United States of America was was showing on a desk. And he took note of what those cards were from the other side of the moon where light can't travel, right? Like sunlight can't reach there. Neither can radio wave. Neither can and any kind of way to communicate with astronauts was off on the other side of the moon. And he found out that he was pretty accurate in guessing what those cards were so this quantum field which is there can relay information very quickly very very quickly so these are important things to understand about quantum physics and albert einstein used to call it spooky science because it kind of broke the mold of everything we knew about physics and we thought that we knew everything about physics at one point but now that we're discovering quantum physics we're entering into a whole new realm of possibility with the mind. And so let's talk about that. So quantum physics, if you think about an electron, what an electron actually is, is electromagnetic energy. And whenever it jumps in vibration, it'll either release or gain energy is what it does. So think of electrons as electromagnetic, right? Light. Think of it as light, electromagnetic. And it can behave like a wave, which means it has a lot of probability, or it can behave like a particle. So standing energy, when it's behaving like a particle, that would be reality. Moving energy would be like a wave, and that would be probabilities, or you might even say imagination. When you imagine with your mind, that can be creating can be discovering these waves of energy that are atomic and then start creating reality. I hope you're following in this because this is, this is a lot of science, but it's very interesting. It's going to tie together. So what happens, what we're finding out, and, you, and people can measure this, is that we can change. We have the power to alter the states of electrons with our hearts and our minds. So our hearts emit a powerful electromagnetic pulse and our minds, not as powerful as our hearts, but still our minds emit an electromagnetic pulse and this electromagnetic pulse that we have between our heart and our mind can actually alter the atomic level and we can change the electromagnetic field around us. And there's even experiments being done with random number generators that when major events happen throughout the world, it's called the World Consciousness Project, it reads on these random number generators, and all of a sudden these random numbers actually start to get less random. So when 9-11 happened, for example, there's a huge skew in the randomness of the random number generator as people were focusing and paying attention to 9/11 for the disaster that happened. And so reality was starting to shift based on how people were raising their vibration. This is all measurable science, by the way. And so in the scriptures, this idea that our heart and our mind are powerful creators of reality, it reminds me of the great commandments that Jesus Christ taught us. He said, thou shalt love God with all your heart, might, mind, and strength. So, when you think about that, Jesus Christ is telling you to alter your reality to God, alter your reality to who He is. Make that your reality. Make miracles your reality because your ability to tap into your heart center and your mind is your ability to tell atomic level, the atomic level to shift reality. That's pretty cool. That's incredible. And it even says the famous missionary scripture, right? You you love God, I single to the glory of God, love him with all your heart, my mind, and strength. is DNC chapter four. Doctrine and Covenants chapter four. For those that are LDS, then you you know what that is. If you're not, look online, DNC chapter four. And this helps you actually alter reality through faith. So a question I had, and I've read Doctrine and Covenants. Doctrine and Covenants is a set of scriptures that were revealed to the prophet joseph smith and joseph smith by the way dealt in the miraculous all the time he had many experiences with healing there were there was a time where his people that he was leading were very sick in a town called nauvoo uh, from malaria and he healed himself then got up and healed everyone around him basically anybody that had faith to be healed he healed and they survived the the problem with malaria And this was commonplace to him. He saw heavenly messengers. He received revelation all the time. He would have needed to be tapped into how quantum physics works in order to be able to do any of that. So my question was, did Joseph Smith know quantum physics? Did he understand quantum physics? And there are several scriptures that tell me that he may have understood. It may have been revealed to him or he may have understood. So in Doctrine and Covenants section 131 verse 7, it talks about matter, what matter is. So basically he's asking, you know, what is reality? What is matter? He's similar to anybody, any human that's wanted to get to know God, wanted to have miracles. They want to know what matter is to see if they can change it. And the answer was there is no such thing as immaterial matter. All spirit is matter but it is more fine or pure and can only be discerned by pure eyes and we cannot see it. But when our bodies are purified, we shall see that it is all matter. So remember how I was talking about that dark space in between planets, in between stars, right? And we can't see that with our eyes. We can't see that at all. One day we'll be purified and we can see that matter, but that quantum matter is actually of a finer material. It's not a solidified structure like we see atoms. And so our spirits also are built of that finer material. And our spirits are probably more solidified than the quantum field. For sure. It's more solidified than quantum field, but we're built of light. Basically we have spirit is like light particles that is built on this quantum structure. I mean, I'm theorizing here, obviously, but like in this scripture, it's saying that all spirit is matter. So it's just a finer material. And that would align with quantum physics. If we go into a Doctrine and Covenants section 88, starting at verse 67, we'll start there. It says, and if your eye be single to my glory, your whole body shall be filled with light. And there shall be no darkness in you. And that body which is filled with light comprehendeth all things. Therefore, sanctify yourselves that your minds minds become single to God and the days will come that you shall see him for he will unveil his face unto you and it shall be in his own time and in his own way and according to his own will so with quantum physics when you align your heart and your mind together to wanting to see God and your eye is single to his glory then your whole body will be filled with light, which remember, light is basically quantum material, right? That that is energy packets, and that energy can carry information based on, you know, if one atom's on one side of the universe and the other's on the other side, it can carry that information in an instant without needing the speed of light at all. It can transfer that information. And so the thing is, it also can illuminate our minds and help us have a vision, right? Because a vision do you see a vision with your eyes or with your mind? Well, if you see anything, you see it with your mind anyway, all the time. So that's how we perceive reality. So God is saying when your eye is single to his glory and you sanctify yourself and your mind is single to God, then the day will come that you will see him and he'll unveil his face to you. This is the equation to see God. And I think that is very, very significant. And in verse 40, in that same section, It says, for intelligence cleaveth unto intelligence, wisdom receiveth wisdom, truth embraceth truth, virtue loveth virtue, light cleaveth unto light, mercy hath compassion on mercy and claimeth her own, justice continueth its course and claimeth its own, judgment goes before the face of him who sitteth upon the throne and governeth and executeth all things. This is a scripture that is talking about quantum entanglement, essentially. If... Intelligence cleaves to intelligence, right? So like if you yourself desire to be intelligent and you desire to know more about God, then intelligence will come to you. That is quantum entanglement, essentially, is when you start interacting with intelligent particles, then those other intelligent particles will interact the same way you do and bring that information to you. I, I know this is a little bit mind-blowing, but we're talking about... This process, the quantum physics, could be the science that God uses. It could be a system that He created for us to receive revelation, for us to manifest things in our lives. So another scripture that talks about the quantum field, this is in Doctrine and Covenants 88 again, verse 37. It says, there are many kingdoms, for there is no space in the which there is no kingdom. And there is no kingdom in which there is no space, either a great or a lesser kingdom. Basically, this idea, what he's saying about the quantum field, right, is that there is no empty space. It's all full of a kingdom. Everywhere is full of light, power, energy. It's full of a kingdom. And this was being revealed to Joseph Smith in the 1800s, long before we knew quantum physics. Think about that a little bit. Think about what Joseph Smith may have known. I don't, I don't know what you think about Joseph Smith himself. Some of, some of you might have whatever opinion it is. It's okay. You can have whatever opinion you want. When you read these scriptures, especially Doctrine and Covenants 88, you start to learn that he knew a lot about quantum physics and it was written in a way that was a little bit covert because it wasn't talking about quantum physics specifically, but the principles are all there especially calling all spirit matter. It's just made of a finer substance. That's pretty incredible. So I think that as you learn about this more and more, and we're going to dive into other episodes about this, it can totally alter and change your reality. It can change everything. And my Bishop, whose finger got ripped off, essentially, he showed me his, his pinky is what it was. And it grew back. Like, they sewed it together, and the doctor that was there said, you have a a one-in-a-million chance of this working. And my bishop asked the guy, he said, now, let me ask you, are you a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? He said, yes. And he goes, do you have a calling? He said, yes. He said, "I, I work with the young men, the priest quorum in my ward. And the bishop said, so then, do you have the Melchizedek priesthood? The Melchizedek priesthood, by the way, is a priesthood that members of the church hold that allows them to perform ordinances, spiritual ordinances, as well as do healings. And the guy said yes. And he said, okay, now I know what you said as a doctor. How about you give me a blessing and tell me what the blessing says? And in the blessing, he was told that his finger would be healed. But when the guy was a doctor, he said it wouldn't happen. And this right here is a great example of how reality can be whatever you want it to be. And you can choose what it is. And it so happened that my bishop sought God's reality and now his pinky works again. It's whole. It's incredible. And so same with my sister. When she tumbled off the couch, she hurt her arm or her wrist, it was totally white. My dad came home, gave her a blessing. And it was incredible because I saw her wrist turn red and get all the way better. It didn't even hurt her anymore. It was incredible. I remember being a teenager and be like, what kind of crack science is this? And it wasn't. It was just that power that's there when, when you have real faith. And faith is really having an eye single to the glory of God, loving Him with all your heart, mind, and strength, and knowing what's true even though you don't see it. And that lady that I passed by, she actually did fall into some boxes. After I knew, I had a premonition that she would, and I didn't help her. And it was right then and there that I said, I'm going to start listening to those things. I don't care if I'm psychic. I I didn't like that that lady fell in some boxes. I want to help people out in any way that I can. And, you know, in grad school, the debate happened, right? And I raised my hand and I said, I told them about the dual, like the split, the double split experiment about how atoms were electrons were shot through two slits and my professor had actually never heard about that experiment he didn't know it even existed and he was very much on the side of observation like we can just observe and it can be science because we observe obviously i'm very much on the side of we are participants in our reality and whatever we observe changes So in the upcoming episodes, we're going to dive into that, how when we observe with our minds, we change reality. Thank you for listening today. Please share this podcast with others and like it so that it can get out to a broader audience. Appreciate you and you have a wonderful Sunday. Ken loves to get feedback from his audience. Send him a private message or write a review so that he can discuss topics that are most relevant to your spiritual experience. Thank you for listening today and remember to join next week.